So we've heard from Paul Struthers with Lydia there on Friday. We've heard also from Brant Dunshay from the BHA at the beginning of the programme. What should be the correct approach now to drug testing jockeys in light of the Benoit de la Sayette hair sample test? Well, clearly, I think nobody could disagree with what Paul Struthers said. They need to put more money into the testing, quicker tests, and, and get the test done. Then you get to, well, what, you know, I think there's kind of two kinds of mm. issues with people taking drugs and, and to an extent abusing alcohol as well. Um, you know, some people are clearly, as you said, sort of playing the system. Uh, they're recreational, they're using drugs recreationally. But they're not necessarily addicts. Yeah, and they're, and they're you know, perhaps going out riding horse at 40 miles an hour, a danger to themselves, very expensive bloodstock being put in danger. You know the product being damaged, the betting public, etc. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, people, all of, people, more importantly, people being put. Yeah, in and pain, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, people can have very serious accidents, and it, all of that is terrible. And 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 for that, you need to, you know, have quite draconian measures. I think, you know, the, the six-month ban, you know, is clearly not enough. And uh, but then I also, you know, I believe in in uh, rehabilitation, mm. uh, not not just rehabilitation of people who, you know, addicted or whatever. But I, I mean, in terms of if somebody, you know, transgresses, they they should be allowed to be readmitted to the sport if they, you know, go through a process of. Uh, you know, giving up drugs and, and 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 accepting that they made a mistake and whatever they they don't need, I don't really think lifetime bans no. is the answer. Uh, there's also you know obviously we're in a sport where lots of young people leave home for the first time to go and work at a stable. Uh, there's a pyramid structure. Some of them come up and do brilliantly as jockeys. Some of them fall off along the way. They, they, they ride as conditionals. They, it doesn't really take off. They sort of end up just working in the yard, whatever. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it, you know, along the way, uh, people have meteoric rises and, and, and sometimes falls as well. And you can see where drugs can come into it. I, I just think more testing, I've run out of time, I haven't really developed my point enough, but I, I've, I definitely feel like more testing is the main thing that they need to focus on. Uh, I'm not really sure that they should be d dishing out lifetime bans to people though, but I do think they need to distinguish between the pastoral care of people who are addicted and have got into trouble like that, but also to stamp down on people who are just thinking, well, I can go out on a Saturday and get off my face and then come and back then on Monday on and ride. Yeah. yeah, or ride on Wednesday, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly, because you've got enough time for it to, to leave the system. Mm. And intelligence-led hair testing, which they're doing already, and saliva sure. testing, out-of-competition testing. But it means more testing, mm. means more money, which means you've got to maintain... And there's you, definitely a you've big... You've got to maintain the BHA's integrity budget. Uh, there's in definitely order to... a big problem, because, you know, the, the, I, I think uh, Paul Struthers said there was two more cases that haven't come yeah. out yet. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's kind of weird that... Uh, when the uh, Benoit de la Say case came out, it, the same as actually with with the kind of with the Gordon Elliott thing and uh, what was the other one recently? There were three things. The public, you know, the general mood was shocked. No, it can't possibly have happened. No, no somebody's being mean to him, putting a picture on, on WhatsApp or whatever. Uh, why? Why should it be such a surprise? It seems like it is an endemic problem. Um, anyway, that was way over time. No, but it was. Um, it was all. It was all. A, a valuable contribution for sure. Let's talk about uh, the, the Rab ha pick up on the Rab Havlin story. 21 day suspension. He's not going to appeal it for failing to achieve the best possible placing aboard Stole at Lingfield behind a, a stable companion. Um, how do you read the ban, first of all? 
Well, first of all, I, I, I can't think why he would possibly consider appealing it. He's, he's got a he's reasonably lot. So no, I know, yeah. but uh, like it, it would be crazy to appeal it. I mean, uh, how are they going to give him any less? I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, like it could have been a lot worse. They could have easily said it was non-trier, banned the horse, taken action against the trainer. I'm slightly surprised in these cases. You know, we, we've had COVID and, and, and people are quite easily uh, able to use Zoom. And, you know, we live in a world of mobile phones. The trainer's representative wow. gives gives the you know which is difficult for them because they're a bit sort of slightly lower down the chain. How can they not pick up the phone to John Gosden and ask him for his opinion rather than it all to be done through the trainer's representative? Yes, it does seem uh, a bit archaic, doesn't it? It definitely does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really like John Gosden in the interview pitching in to Lydia with the uh, neither of us have, have ever ridden a horse. I find that deeply offensive and patronising. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the NBA players, whenever they uh, give an opinion on Black Lives Matter, they're told to shut up and dribble. Um, I, 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 people being told to stay in your lane. Uh, you know, we have lots of ex-jockeys uh, appearing uh, on television these days. Some of them doing a brilliant job, by the way, as analysts. Uh, but nobody says they're only allowed to talk about riding tactics and they're never allowed to talk about form or betting or anything like that. Uh, I don't see why you have to have ridden a racehorse to know that Rab Hablin could have won that race uh, if, if he uh, had given it you know, a slightly different ride. Now, it's fine for him to say that he... You know, it was all judged or, you know, whatever. And, and, but, it, you know, in this case, it just seemed a bit crazy. I don't think there's a betting element to it. I'm, I'm sure no coup has been landed. The BHA will have had access to, uh, you know, the big bet struck on Betfair there. But there is a betting element because there was a horse race and there was betting on it. And some people would have bet the winner at two to nine uh, and they should have lost, really. And some people uh, would have laid it at two to nine and they, they should have won. Um, I, I don't really understand any kind of motive for why it would happen. It seems a bit crazy. Uh, you know, who cares if the you know one stable mate beats the other? So let's develop this out a little bit further and discuss what I touched upon with Brant Dunshay earlier in the show, which is the notion that you have to bring more of your tactical intention into the public domain. Well, John, John, John Gosden said that he he uh, it's well known that he says that on his uh, debutants, uh, the, the jockey should not lift the whip. Um, so presumably Frankie de Tory must have come in for an absolute rollicking on Friday when he rode um, uh, a filly, uh, a, a, a Frankel filly. No, Chiasma, uh, the full Chiasma, yeah, yeah. Um, he gave it a couple of good slaps. Uh, nothing wrong with that because it's a horse race, for God's sake. They've got a whip in their hand and they're trying to win the race. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, this is clearly not true. That e Either John Gosden didn't tell Frankie Dottori that, Frankie Dottori didn't know about that, or Frankie Dottori just decided to disobey uh, John Gosden's instructions. L let's get back on this point, mm. which is, is it feasible, is it viable to have a situation whereby there is more information about intended tactics well, brought yeah. into the public domain? I mean, you know, we, we spent, what was it, two or three years talking about whether people should know about wind ops, and, and, and then people tell you there are seven different kinds of wind op, well, and you don't really know which one does what. If, would, you, were I, believe, if I, you were to believe Charlie Mann in last week's racing Yeah, post, yeah, and they don't get declared, they don't, or whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they might I not mean, get declared. Yeah, of course. I mean, which would be more important, knowing that a horse had had a wind op, which we don't really know which type it was or what effect it had had, or knowing 
uh, that um, Altior was going to uh, hair yesterday. off in front uh, in in the in the celebration chase. Uh, is that what it was called uh, yesterday? Um, you know, I know which. You know, with Altior, it made the horse go from. Uh, I can't remember, five to two into even money within, you know, after it jumped the first. Uh, from a betting point of view, on one of the biggest betting races of the day, that that had a much bigger material impact. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, but, I, but I, I can also see why for someone like Brand Dunchy, he might turn around and think, oh, my God, what a can of worms that opens. This is going to be... Because, you know, talking earlier with Gareth Moore, you know, he might, Gareth Moore saying, well, you know, it wasn't really fair because the best, you know, what he felt, it was a subjective thing. Yeah. He felt like his horse was the best horse. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree with that. And, and therefore, it was the kind of moral victor of the race. But once you start bringing in those kind of subjective things, so if you have to sort of declare tactics, uh, you know, I, I nearly said, where does it end? But that would have been awful. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it, it does become very complicated. Yeah. And, of we, course, we, then there's not, expense. We, we, don't, well. we don't deal in wedges in this segment, let alone the thin end of them. But <laughs> I, I, I do want to, to point out one thing, and mm. that is that I think if you were a practitioner you would have every justification in saying, this is competitive sport. Mm. In what other competitive sport am I going to declare my tactics to a competitor Absolutely. and give them yeah. an no, I, So that, that's why I think it falls I, I, down I do simply agree on that. that basis. But also, like, you know, we get this situation where... You want, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're surely entitled to an outfox an opponent, notwithstanding... I, 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 totally, agree, I totally agree with that. But we also have to go back to the other thing of, uh, you know, this is John Gosden, these are blue blood horses. We know there's no kind of, uh, we say we know there's no betting thing. I mean, I'm not, uh, there isn't a betting aspect because John Gosden, uh, I know we've got miles over. He's, he's not trying to land a coup. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when, when we had a horse, uh, when we have horses of three different stables that may or may not all be trained in Scotland and there's multiple bets at 33 to 1 and a, a millions of multi-million pound payouts going on, we start worrying about, you know, whether the horse is suddenly a front runner for the first time or, you know, what, how did it run last time? Yeah, I mean, some people would say you can watch a novice hurdle every day of the week or you can watch horses running their third race before they get a handicap mark and you can find non-triers all day long and it's just part of the sport and, and for punters that is just part of the puzzle that you have to figure out. You are the scourge of the clock. Sorry and about that. And also, Some of the other topics we, all, we don't need two minutes and, on. And also, Rafe, sure. and also Rafe Becker who's in the, who's in the waiting Go room. Go to one minute on the rest of the topics, honestly. <laughs> I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> right, How the hell does anyone want to talk about Phil Davis for two minutes? You were the one who put him on the list. <laughs> right, flat, flat and jump schedule. Flat and jump schedule. What do you want to talk about here? Well, I mean, I, I, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I haven't seen you since Cheltenham. Uh, so we started the flat season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We started the flat season with Doncaster. I mean, that was a bit kind of... Uh, I didn't really mind it was all right. Then we had three days of, uh, of, of jump racing yeah. uh, on turf. So yeah, some, has something changed here? Or... No, nothing's no. changed, but it's ridiculous. In October and November, we're going to be running grade... I can guarantee you we're going to be running uh, Group 1 races on heavy ground, and I'm going to be looking at it thinking, oh, God, how can we bet on this nonsense? You know, this is not proper form. We've got perfectly good ground right now, 
and, and we're running three jumps meetings on Friday, and then on Saturday we have a meeting at Ripon. They put up two races for 22,000. They no didn't runners. get a dozen runners between no runners. them. Now, you know, Eve Johnson-Horton was on the programme last week. She said trainers have a... And I think she was kind of right, because Newbury had really good card last week and lots of runners, and, and not particularly brilliant prize money. Uh, so trainers are ready to run their horses. Uh, we're watering on good to firm ground all week. We've been doing that all week for some reason. The last time I checked, flat racing was a summer sport and jumps racing was a winter sport. How the hell can we not figure that out? Uh, it's, it's quite striking to me how much more risk-averse even flat trainers are about running a horse on ground that even has the word firm in the description. Even at a state of the... Even at a, part of the year where you'd think that the ground is in its best, freshest, Absolutely. virgin state. A Absolutely. lot of them were hardly used last year. I mean, ten years ago, we used to run on good to firm, you know, throughout the summer. And that's not necessarily, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but what I'm saying I is... I think that, that is a good thing, and also, it, putting aside whether it's a good or a bad thing, that is what clerks of the course have been told to aim for. Mm. Why don't they change the rules? Why don't they say they have to aim for good? Why are they, why are they told they have to aim for good to firm? And, and, and yet they water when it looks like it well, might be good to firm. Surely the question is, if you're watering for good to firm and you end up with three runner races, do you need to, do you need to have a look again but at But is that policy? why we're having three runner races? Uh, I don't think it's the ground. I'm going to ask Rafe Beckett, he'll know the answer. I don't think it's the ground. Rafe Beckett will know the answer. Uh, William Hill, yeah. They, yeah. They, so 20% um, of William Hill has been owned by Caesars International, or whatever they're called, Caesars Entertainment. And they uh, are a gaming emporium. Yeah, they own like, half the casinos in America, right? basically. Yeah. Uh, and William Hill have a whole bunch of sports books, not just in Nevada, uh, through, now because it's sports basically opening up throughout Jersey, the states. Cetera, yeah, 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 it's very big. All, lots of states now, like 30 states. Um, and they signed this partnership, you know, some time ago. And it, uh, Caesars, a ludicrously uh, bankrupt company, <laughs> have, uh, have managed to restructure themselves and decided that, well, we're going to have to give loads of money to William Hill for their expertise and, and for, the, you know, for the partnership we've, we signed up to just a few years ago. Uh, wouldn't it be cheaper just to buy them and then we don't have to give them the future profits? Uh, and, and, you know, these UK betting companies have all sort of doubled in value over the last five years uh, because of potential from America. So um, anyway, there was a bit of a hiccup along the way with the sale uh, and Apollo Capital came in and tried to make a kind of counter bid. Uh, and it all got sort of put on hold for a while, but it's finally gone through. So I think William Hill sold for somewhere in the region of $4 billion this week. Uh, and now there'll be a fire sale of the European assets, which is basically the website uh, and the betting shops. I think they have 1,400 betting shops now. Um, uh, I bet Fred, uh, Fred Doan, uh, he purchased 6% of William Hill before coronavirus started. Uh, the price plummeted and then it, it's done brilliantly since then because of the whole American thing. Um, he's basically made enough to pay for the betting shops, really. So he, he'd be a likely bidder for the betting shops, I think. Okay. 888 are talking about getting involved, and these people, Apollo Capital, uh, and also CVC, who originally um, took Sky Betting and Gaming uh, away from the Murdoch Empire um, about uh, six or seven years ago. Um, they're, they're interested. But, uh, you know, it slightly depends on who buys it as to whether the William Hill name continues. Um, I think it's possible Doan's by uh, the betting shops and possibly okay. venture capitalists by the website and we keep the name William Hill. 
Philip Davis MP, who has been a guest on this programme before. I think he was a guest on a show that you were on, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, you got him on with me for a punch-up, and then we never really had a punch-up, No, actually. you were getting on famously in the well, green room. I, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, at the end of the, the way, day, well, I totally disagree with him on uh, most things in politics, but, uh, you know, we have a mutual love for horse racing and betting, uh, and he's always very personable whenever he meets me, which is two or three times now. It's, it's rather disarming, actually. Uh, but he wants to stand to be in the uh, uh, the ROA, the Racehorse the Owners ROA Association. The ROA Council, yes. yes. The council yeah. elections for the Racehorse Owners yeah. Association are up now. He'd certainly, um, he'd certainly shake things up a bit well, at council always, meetings. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's been uh, some kind of manoeuvres in terms of the all-parliamentary... Uh, uh, you know what do you call it? The group for for betting and gaming, and he he's he's tried to get more involved there. I don't know that well. That's going very well. I think he feels like if you've got strong views on the sport, it's no good standing on the sidelines. You've got to roll your sleeves up and get involved. Uh, and I think he has got some ideas, but he thinks that for all the things that need sorting out in the relationship between betting and horse racing, and I think you're well, you're going to talk to Rafe. I'm sure he mm. can tell you what those things are. Um, I think Philip would say that you need government intervention, which is kind of funny because he's always been a bloke that doesn't believe in government intervention. Uh, he spent many times in Parliament rabbiting on on a Friday afternoon to make sure that bills, uh, private members' bills don't go through, uh, filibustering them out, including like nurses, car park fees and stuff like that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, he now is he's a big fan suddenly of government intervention because uh, it, it affects, uh, you know, his beloved betting and racing. But, uh, I, you know, on this particular instance, I say all power to his elbow. If he can do something to sort out horse racing, at least it will stop him from uh, messing up uh, nurses' lives uh, or anything like that. Philip it's probably Davis, good to keep him busy. MP, who is standing for elections for the Racehorse Owners Association Council. Oh, he will be. <laughs> Good to know. Um, and Punchestown, well, we've talked to Richie Galway about Punchestown. We'll talk to Richie Punchestown about Galway later in the year. Um, Envoi Allen Monkfish Clash was the, uh, was the major one I, one I wanted to talk to you about because it's, um, it's punctured the, the balloon uh, of, of people like me who were saying these two horses will never meet because the programme book doesn't allow them to. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly brilliant. they're meeting. So. That is brilliant, actually. Yeah. I, I must admit, it's, it, you know, I, I can't think that far ahead. I haven't actually thought about Punchestown that much. I didn't even know you were going to put it on the list. I mean, uh, I don't know. We could talk two minutes about it. Um, they have a five-day festival, don't they? They we do. Get on to that. They do. So we have to rename this just two minutes, <laughs> where you don't know where you don't know what you're going to talk about. And Monk, you clearly Monksfield don't know what you're is, about. is is if you had, Monkfish. if you ask Monkfish, if you ask me which Monkfield, Monksfield, Monksfield will struggle to win. 1975 this week. was that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you see, I do remember something about racing occasionally. Um, Monkfish. If you ask me which one's more likely to win the Gold Cup next year, I would say Monkfish. Mm. If you ask me which one's more likely to win next week. I'm not so sure, actually. I, Why? I, mean, I think I might be more in Boy Allen. I don't know. I, I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll have a look at it on the day. I haven't given it that much thought, to be honest with you. Monkfish is a strong stare. We know that. Mm. Uh, Monkfish recorded an excellent performance on the clock yeah. at Cheltenham. We know that. Yet the form hasn't stacked up particularly yeah. well. The yeah. two Tizard horses who chased him home, they may have been feeling the effects, but they both ran poorly yeah. at Aintree. Envoy Allen has one blemish on an otherwise blemish-free yeah, career. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But he's moved stables. New trainer now says that he's settled down a bit. Rachel Blackmore, a new jockey for Envoy Allen. Does that surprise you? Uh, 
No, not really. I mean, nothing surprises me about Rachel Blackmore, um, the the meteoric rise. Um, No, I mean, uh, it all looks pretty... Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not surprised. Okay, well, I think that just about wraps it up. <laughs> Sorry um, about and that. And that just about wraps you, you I up as well. You could have so thank that. you very much, Neil Channing, for your Blessed. help and your input. Ray Beckett will be coming in very shortly. <laughs> Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiworld Dubai.